Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Wally Brath, Assistant Professor of Worship Arts here at Grace College. Dr. Brath attended the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. He received his MA in Ethnomusicology, which sounds very interesting, from Liberty University, and in 2018 achieved his doctorate in worship studies. Dr. Brath has traveled internationally as a worship leader, musician, and educator, and he enjoys both traditional and contemporary worship music, arranging for multicultural congregations, songwriting, and utilizing music technology. In fact, we're in one of his studios right now. He leads the Worship Arts Program here at Grace and is also director of the Festival of Music each year here in Winona Lake, Indiana. Dr. Brath's wife, Shana, is also a musician playing what I think is the best instrument ever, the violin, and all of his kids are fantastic musicians as well. He might be most well-known, however, for being the creator of the soundtrack for the Grace Story podcast, right? Does that sound good? Uh, yeah, uh, Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Brath. Thank you. Are those royalties still coming in from the from the music you've done for the Grace Story podcast? Absolutely. All, yeah, all 50 cents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you've gotten paid way more than I have so far for this podcast. Man, I need to ask the uh, producers here for a raise, I guess. Thanks for being able to come just share um, a little bit about your story and about the Worship Arts Program. I'm, I'm excited. We even got a little piano here, so we'll mm-hmm. see if we can get some uh, music going and sure. and share a little bit there as well. But uh, let me, uh, let's go back to um, your childhood. Um, and if, and I'd like to just know, how did, how did you get engaged in music? Mm. How did that start for you? Yeah, it, it started in the church. So I was uh, I was raised in the church, and um, the Lord uh, got a hold of me at a really young age. And um, I think my parents sort of tell the story that um, when I was like three, four years old, I would I would stay after church when people were talking. I would just jump on the piano and start you know trying to play things, and and um, and then yeah, I just started piano lessons um, when I was like five years old, and. Um, I had a, a teacher that uh, encouraged me to kind of keep exploring, you know, not only learning written music, but also kind of playing music by ear. So her, her husband was a, a saxophone player and teacher at Valpo, at the University of Valparaiso. Her name was Mary Kay Barco. And um, so I would come into my lesson and I'd say, hey, you know, I've been kind of experimenting with this and um, trying to figure out this kind of music and and she would encourage me in that and she said I still want you to, to work on your lesson but but still you know you can yeah please you know uh, keep developing your ear and keep listening to these you know, different kinds of music so that's in you know it just uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be in churches where they really encouraged me to to play and lead and so even at a young age I would I would be leading like a music team at, at the church and that kind of thing. So. That explains sort of the breadth of music that you enjoy engaging. Mm-hmm. Was there um, a vein or a program that, like, I, I did violin and it was like Suzuki, right? Was mm-hmm. the Suzuki program? Did you have a program that you utilized, or was was yeah. she kind of coming up with her own thing? 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Suzuki. Um, you know, we would do like the Hannon exercises. I mean, mm -hmm. that's big for piano uh, to, to develop, develop um, technique. And um, the Sham, I think, S-C-H-A-U-M, like the Sham uh, books were, um, and then the Faber and Faber kind of piano books. So, you know, the, it's kind of those standard yeah, piano yeah. things that everybody uses. But, um, yeah, so... And then you determined to go to a conservatory, Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that decision. I mean, that's a big decision, right? Like that, you're kind of throwing your lot in to say, like, I'm I'm doing the musician thing. Yeah, that that was it was a big decision. I was um, so in high school, I I also played basketball and uh, really enjoyed it. I still enjoy the game, you know. Not playing as much. If you much. can't tell on video, he's he's a, a diminutive six foot seven. So, yeah, six six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, and so, and my my son, my my oldest son, who's a senior at, at Warsaw High, is six uh, eleven. So, <laughs> so he's uh, far surpassed me in in uh, height and skill at basketball. But I enjoyed playing, and but I got to um, like my sophomore year, and I knew. I knew the Lord was calling me into music and, and probably into like a music ministry type of role um, and wanted to be trained in that. And so, um, and also kind of knew just in college, if, if I was going to play basketball in college, it's, it's, it's a time commitment. You know, they really own you um, when you're in sports in college. And also music is a huge time commitment. So I made the decision going into my junior year um, to, to basically quit basketball and just focus fully on music. And um, so, and, and that was actually kind of a traumatic, uh, a little bit of a traumatic experience because, uh, you know, I was the first one in my family to go to college. Um, and so I think my parents were hoping I was uh, going to get a basketball scholarship. And so the music thing was a little, you know, like, I'm, we're not sure how this is going to work. And, and so uh, I had high school counselors calling me in to their office saying, you know, you're burning your bridges. You should st stick with basketball. You know, you're getting letters from uh, these different colleges. And um, but I, I knew the Lord was really calling me to, to pursue music. And so I did. I just I just kind of went that direction. And I ended up going to a summer camp, um, a music camp and met my teacher, Phil DeGregg, who is at Cincinnati. And so that was uh, between my sophomore and jun junior year. And he said, you should come down and audition. And I did and got in and got a, actually got a really good scholarship as well. And, and you said that's where you met your, your wife as well, who was there studying music. Yeah. Yeah. She was a year uh, behind me and she was a violin major. And so we, we met there and got married a few years after that. Which has been a blessing for us at Grace. It's been a twofer. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Because uh, uh, we, got, we got Dr. Brath, but we got Shannon as oh, well. And she's, she's fantastic. She's always my, yeah, absolutely. So then, um, you uh, you've had an interesting, um, diverse interest in music, ethnomusicology. Yeah. Did I even say that correctly? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. what is that, and why did you decide to to study it? Yeah, that's a good question. I so we were um, we were serving at Bethlehem Baptist Church in in Minneapolis. So uh, John Piper. John, John Piper. Yep. Church. So I was uh, one of the music uh, worship leaders there. And at that time, this is this would be kind of in uh, the early 2000s. That that uh, time frame, we were up in the Twin Cities for about 13 years. Um, they were beginning to plant churches, and and that, since then they have this network called the the Treasuring Christ Together Network, 
and they've probably, boy, they've planted maybe close to 50 churches now, like across the country. But at that point, it was kind of in the Twin Cities, and and they have a multi-campus approach, you know, uh, for, for their church. So we um, really felt like uh, call, we felt the Lord leading us to to be a part of that church planting movement. So um, there was a um, church in Brooklyn Center and a pastor, uh, one of the associate pastors from Bethlehem, uh, and and we joined that team. And it was a uh, um, specifically a multicultural kind of. Uh, vision for that church plant uh, because Brooklyn Center has um, uh, just all kinds of just diversity there. There's uh, Hmong uh, folks from from Laos and there's um, Nigerian families and uh, families from Kenya, um, a lot of Somalians in in the Twin Cities. Um, You know, so there's just a, a great diversity there. So and so when I got to that church plant, I just discovered I don't have the tools to really musically you know, lead this congregation in uh, in worship, and because part of um, being a worship pastor is really shepherding uh, your your church there with with music. And so I I uh, went back to school and and studied ethnomusicology, which is really just studying uh, different cultures' music. And so you 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 kind of get tools um, because music is a language, and so you you you, uh, you get tools to kind of navigate and understand different cultural's musical language mm-hmm. you know so so that was wow. very helpful um and, and it, it was a natural thing for me because i just enjoy all kinds of music anyway so it was really nice for me to explore that more tell me a little bit um you know uh, enjoying such a variety of music and then learning how to both play and help others experience a variety of music what did what did that teach you about you know the diversity of God's kingdom mm-hmm. as it relates to music, which isn't something maybe we all think about as much. I mean, lots of conversations about diversity, mm-hmm. um, even going on right now. But oh, yeah. musically, um, what does that what does that do for you in broadening your mm. perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think it just speaks to um, I, I think to, to God's glory, and in, 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 you know, um, he you know I think he's a he's you know, God is someone who, that enjoys um, a diverse creation. You know, if you just look around and 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 we can, I think the other thing is we can learn so much from other cultures, and that I think that's the 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 thing that I've been uh, impacted by is that God has just given me just a desire to to learn and you know to, to um, yeah, just kind of be a student of um, what what other cultures value. You know, um, so like I, I just. Uh, one little example is like in in a in mo- Middle Eastern cultures they they're 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 octave uh, like we have twelve notes in our in our octave and and in in a lot of those cultures they will have uh, fifteen sixteen different pitches within that octave and so they they have notes in between our half half steps huh. and so to us it sounds out of tune like if you hear a, maybe a, a singer from India if you go to one of our you know local restaurants and they're playing some music and you hear some of the the singing it almost sounds like wow it almost kind of sounds out of tune but they're actually they're actually singing pitches in between the half steps and so it's ac- it's actually very um very hard to do 
<laughs> and uh, I can't even sing on the regular <laughs> notes, much sing. less get the half. Steps. So it's you know, and if you notice their instruments, a lot of them are fretless, like the the oud, yeah. the oud. And so they 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 get in between those half steps, and and they're hearing those pitches, and so it's a completely different language. Um, but yeah, it just it just makes me just I just. Uh, I'm so thankful that some I, I I think of it like taste buds. Like God gave us the ability to um, recognize thousands of different tastes. You know, food could have just been um, like, oh, you just need to eat this just to survive, and it it maybe could have been tasteless. You know, you just but God gave us taste buds to enjoy it, right? So I think of that with music. It's like He's given us all these different cultures and different musics, and kind of for enjoyment. Hmm. You know, and I just I just think that's uh, so kind and of the Lord to do that. That's really awesome. That's even helpful. My son is Ethiopian and, and now that you say it, I think they have the that same type of like half, you know, because sometimes when I listen to the music, I'm like, oh, that sounds off. But I think it's just the same thing, like a lot of yeah. sort of runs and how they rhythmically, sing. Rhythmically, it's, um, you know, so, you know, some of the music in our, in, in like American culture, like even jazz is like a, a mixture of African music and European music. But rhythmically, uh, cultures, their their music is so advanced. Um, but yeah, melodically, there's these different kinds of tones going on. But um, but I, you know, I I just uh, I, I'd love to just kind of enter into that and just like, all right, just I, I want to expand my my musical palette, you know. So let's. Uh, I, I want to come back specifically to jazz because I know that's a that's a genre that you are uh, adept in, and I've even you know. Um, began to mix what what's jazz and worship look like which is i mean kind of that's really neat to to even think about an experience but i, I want to talk a little bit about grace and the worship arts program here yeah, yeah. Uh, remind me when you came to grace and at that point you know um our worship arts program was a uh, was more an idea than it was a reality yeah. um when did you um when did you come and talk a little bit about the last few years sure yeah we came in 2016 so that summer it was when I was hired. And so at the kind of the end of our time in, in the Twin Cities, those last three, three and a half years, I was teaching at Crown College. And, um, you know, they actually initially they wanted me just to teach a world music class. So I'd finished up my, my ethnomusicology master's and, and um, I, I knew somebody out there like, hey, we, we, we have a need for someone to teach world music. So I did that for a couple, a couple semesters. And then they had an opening in their worship arts uh, program to, to be a professor there to lead it. And, and so it just felt like the a right time to, and I've, I don't, I've always been a part of, or just had this desire to, to disciple and raise up, you know, young uh, men and women, like even at the churches I've been at, I've always tried to kind of duplicate myself. And so I, I saw this as an opportunity to really intentionally, um, you know, equip, the next generation to to uh, lead worship, and I um, uh, had had a high school friend that that lives here that that uh, they you know he knew that Grace was beginning this this worship arts program and he said oh you'd be perfect for this you should you know put your your uh, resume in I said oh no we're 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 fine you know we're happy in in the Twin Cities, and he gave um, Grace my name and information and they reached out and we had a conversation and. Um, yeah, it just was, it felt like a really wonderful opportunity. I grew up in LaPorte, Indiana, and my folks are still there. Um, and it just felt like a good time to come back, you know, to, to northern Indiana. And also just um, 
to design this program kind of from the ground up. It was just a wonderful opportunity. So this is our fifth year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just been it's been great. I feel like we've got a lot of things um, kind of foundationally laid, and now we're just trying to really develop and, and grow from there. So, What would you say are some unique aspects of the program yeah. at Grace that that might be different than other worship arts or music programs elsewhere? So a lot of the like the church music or worship programs at, at other schools, and this was true at Crown, was they they're kind of built on the music ed model, and so they, they these schools um, have music education, and then they kind of fit in a couple classes, uh, maybe like in you know church history and, and some other things, and then they kind of um, you know c- kind of call it church music or worship arts, and so our program is really was designed from the ground up to be. Uh, for the the church, and so um, it's it's kind of the the big picture is there. There's practical music courses like music theory that you know, students take four semesters of theory. They take uh, private lessons, you know, either voice, uh, keys, guitar, or percussion. Um, they're in an ensemble, uh, so there's all those practical kind of music classes. But then there's the theology of worship classes like. Um, biblical theology of worship arts and um, and church history and those kinds of things. Um, so the, kind of the goal is to to have students um, become like musical shepherds or, or pastoral musicians. You know, um, the things that we do week after week in church really shape the people of God spiritually. You know, and and music is is sung prayer. So we're 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 literally putting prayers on people's lips, you know, week after week. And it it affects, you know, the way that we view God, you know, how we see him. It affects how we respond to him. Um and so so yeah, that's that's part of that. And then this year we 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 even expanded the music production side of things, especially with the whole the pandemic and, and things happening. Uh we saw a need and this was kind of happening before this year, but um but we saw a need for that tech, the the music production and music technology part to be really robust, and so uh, we've actually broken that out to its a separate major. So you can you can just come and be a music production major, study in this or you know in the studio here, learn about uh, recording music, learn about live sound and video and lighting, uh, and those things. So, mm. and you know. uh, uh, for those who are wondering, you know where where is this located on campus? Um, we're in the William Mayo Seminary Building, so the mm-hmm. seminary is upstairs, yep. and the worship arts program is downstairs. Um, mm-hmm. And this used to be the Encompass World Partners headquarters prior to that, um, and it's kind of this hidden gem on campus that you know sometimes I think students get down here in year three or four, and they're going, "Wait, what? I didn't know this was down here." So you yeah. have uh, talk about like your space that what do you have down yeah. here and. And the mail center. So initially, we uh, like the, the first summer I was here in 2016, we got a, a classroom together. It's like a music technology classroom. We have um, you know uh, you know different stations that have computers and recording software and digital keyboards, and we do like music theory class in there. It's, it's kind of our main classroom where students uh, get a lot of projects done, and then obviously some office space. But then we have a very large um, performance area. And uh, it's really cool. It's kind of like a like an underground coffee shop feel. Yeah, kind of thing. very industrial. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of rehearsals down there. Uh, we have a weekly, we call it 
uh, music lab where students perform for one another and, we, and they get feedback from their instructors. Then we have a, really a world-class recording studio, so a very large uh, control room with uh, a Pro Tools um, system. It was designed by a gentleman named Gavin Haverstick, who's designed studios for like um, 21 Pilots and big, big name, you know, artists. And uh, we got um, con connected with him through Sweetwater, and so we've had a really cool connection with uh, with Sweetwater as well. And and then we're actually looking to build um, about a 1,200 square feet of practice space. And so we've got some some money committed, and and we're kind of looking to to um, to do that project here. We were we were really on the cusp of of moving forward until the until the the um, quarantine time, but I think we're going to try to reengage with that probably 2021 early. It's a really yeah. neat space. We're in the studio right now. I mean, you could, uh, yesterday I was in here and you were teaching out in the main, I couldn't hear a sound. Yeah. Um, just really great space. And uh, the, the fundraiser in me is thankful. You mentioned the practice lab. So if anybody wants to uh, ensure those get done sooner rather than later, yeah, uh, let us know. Because th those are complex things, the way they have to be set up and and put together. Well, um, I think I think during this time where where students are trying to socially distance, like right now, we have you know we have some larger spaces where they can practice, uh, but these smaller spaces, it'll be like six smaller rooms and then four kind of uh, medium-sized rooms, but that'll actually kind of be nice to almost protect them as they're mm. practicing and they can they can socially distance and get their work done and, yep. and that kind of thing. So I think it is kind of important going forward if we're going to have you know students on campus, we need to have uh, spaces where they feel safe and yeah. can do that well. One of the other things that you um, are responsible for at Grace is the Festival of Music, yeah. which is, again, this, uh, uh, it's a very Grace thing, this mix of like community and the worship yeah. arts program. And so talk a little bit about the uh, Festival of Music and then um, specifically highlight the, the Jazz Festival. Okay. And then we'll get into jazz a little bit. Okay, here, so. sure. So yeah, um, I, I, I inherited this this festival, festival of music. And what we've done is we've um, kind of made it over the whole year. We kind of stretch it out. And usually there's about 12 to 14 different events throughout the year. Uh, we include like student recitals in that. So like, there'll be some student recitals. Uh, fac we just did a faculty recital mm -hmm. here last weekend. Um, but we uh, uh, there's always like a Southern Gospel uh, concert. There's a, we usually bring in a couple different contemporary Christian artists. We brought in uh, Citizens this past uh, fall, and um, we've had uh, Josh Garrels and John Mark McMillan and um, Sarah Groves and, and just just a lot of different people. So, and then we do a jazz festival uh, in July, and and that yeah, that's kind of I don't know, it's just near and dear to my heart because I, I just enjoy the that idea of improvising and and that kind of music and. And so, uh, you know, usually that happens on a Saturday, and we have um, four or five different groups come in. Some some local groups, but we usually have a uh, kind of more of a national group that comes in. We're actually, looking this year uh, in July or twenty twenty one, Antonio Sanchez, who's a drummer, he uh, is a drummer for Pat Metheny, hmm. and he has a group called Migration. And we're we're trying to, um, you know, I think artists are feeling a little. Uh, they're, they're hesitant to, to commit at this, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons. So we're trying to work that out. And hopefully, Lord willing, if things kind of um, open up a little bit and, and uh, we, can, we can maybe get uh, 
Antonio to come and play, you know, so it'd be, it would be great. We had John Patitucci last year. Uh, he's a, like a world-class uh, Grammy award-winning bass player, jazz bass player. He actually played with our students. And um, you mentioned earlier that uh, this, this kind of, uh, you know, this, this uh, combining of sacred and music and jazz. And I, I'm just something that intrigues me, uh, you know, and so I, I enjoy kind of trying to bring those two worlds together. So... The jazz festival is amazing. The concert Fourth of July, bringing in the big band over yeah. the fireworks in Winona Lake, and yeah. um, just all really neat ways for us to engage our community and and be um, hopefully salt and light uh, to our community as well. Um, yeah. So jazz, I'm interested. Yeah. Like, uh, what is it about jazz? I mean, when did your jazz um, obsession, is that fair? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Start. Yeah. And, and why are you so attracted to that genre? Hmm. That's yeah. It, so it started when I was really young and, you know, um, I had an uncle who was a bass player and a vocalist and he would, you know, you remember, I don't, you probably, I guess you're, yeah, we're close to the same age, but, um, cassette tapes. So he would make some cassette, <laughs> <laughs> but these little mixtapes, uh, if you will, of, um, like uh, jazz and, and just instrumental things. Uh, I remember like uh, he was really into this French violinist, Jean Luponti, um, and like some of, uh, more like jazz fusion, like the combining like jazz and, and rock and, and those things. But um, he would bring these tapes over and, and let me um, listen to them. And, and he would actually encourage me to even try, try to transcribe some of that music. So I would listen to it with my little Sony Walkman and, and um, and I would just sit down at the piano and just try to plunk out things that I heard, like chords or melodies. And and then the next time he came to visit, I'd say, hey, Uncle Steve, look what I can do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, I can play this song. You know, he's like, wow, that's cool. And so he he would encourage me. But it's just um, something about that um, that creative process of, of being like writing music and arranging music and and again, that language of uh, it's so it's like it's kind of like the difference between um maybe just somebody reading a novel or a, or a book and then actually writing, writing their own story, you know? And so for me, you know, it's like one thing to read music and, and to play, but, but to be able to create it, I'm always, I've always been intrigued by that, mm -hmm. just like that process. And, and in so, jazz, sometimes you're, you're creating beforehand, but you might be creating in the moment. Yeah, that's, well, that you are. So there's, you know, you, a lot of times there's a structure that you're kind of working within, just like, and it's a lot like conversation. So, Drew, like, we did not script out this interview, um, but we're we're talking around a certain theme, right? So in jazz, it's it's very similar. You kind of have a theme or a structure. A lot of times, it's like the form of the song, or a melody, and but you don't necessarily know exactly how that's going to play out. Just like our conversation, so it's very conversational, um, and I, I just I'm just I don't know. I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it just that, so. And you've you've um, taken an interest in how does how does jazz and worship like how can you fuse um, those mutual interests of yours, yeah. um, which is also just a really interesting idea and thought, and um, have even written some music kind of in that vein, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have, and there there's uh, there's actually some videos of. Um, the last jazz vesper service we did um, online, you can find those, and and we were going to try to do one this fall, and it just with with the kind of the craziness of everything happening, we just had to postpone it. We're yeah. hopefully do it in the spring, but yeah, um, 
actually at the faculty uh, faculty recital here. So this, I, I don't know if people are aware of this, but this year is the 250th anniversary for Beethoven, oh, yeah. uh, his, 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 his life. And, and it's also the 100th anniversary for Charlie Parker, who is a alto sax player. And so it's kind of a bummer they, that their anniversaries fell on this year, because <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of like tributes going to be, you know, planned for them with with uh, with concerts. But um, but I um, I just got this idea, and I can I can play a little bit yeah, for you if you want yeah. to. But it's um, so I thought, what if what if Beethoven and Charlie Parker had a musical conversation, huh. and what what and then if I was kind of like the one that was sort of, um, you know conducting that that interview what would that look like and so I kind of at the recital uh, last week I, I did a little tribute to both of them and, and I, I can I can give you I can yes. give you like a couple minutes of it yeah we want to uh, th- this is one of the cool things about being in your studio is we can plug in a piano and and have you uh, plunk away at a few things for us so yes play that um, get over there to that piano and uh, get yourself set up and so this is um, an original. Well, I guess it's a mashup of other people's work, but yeah, um, this is kind of like Beethoven and Charlie Parker. If if they were to um, kind of have a conversation, that's together. awesome. So. Thank you. That was awesome. Wow, beautiful. And then, now tell us a little bit about how, like, do you just sit down at a piano and go for it? Or do you utilize software and kind of do it in your mind? How, mm. how do you go about the creative process of putting something like that together? Yeah, well, it's, it's a little different, for I think, for everything like that um, because we were doing it um, at uh, – 
you know, more of a, an acoustic thing, on a, like on a real piano. Um, I, I, I sat down at the piano to, to really think through that. But, but with, other, with other pieces, especially if I'm going to be um, like writing or arranging for other instruments, I'll, I'll use uh, software. Like I'll use Finale, which is uh, like a music software. And um, what's nice about that is you can kind of you can put all the music into the score and, and see it and even have it played back so you can kind of hear yeah. some of the things. And then I can print out those parts. Um, and so it makes it really easy uh, as opposed to just doing it all by hand. That's yeah, awesome. So, yeah. But. What, um, what you've, you've written some, you know, jazz mashup uh, pieces as uh, here, mm-hmm. to what we just heard. What are some other genres of music that you've written for? Yeah, something I've been um, really trying to, to dive into in these last couple of years especially is writing um, settings for the Psalms. And so um, one of the things with, even with my students is trying to encourage them to do that. So we'll take, you know, we might just take, um, uh, you know, a, a text right out of the Psalms um, and, and try to, you know, almost like a scripture memory song, kind of try to do that. But uh, there's a, a Psalter, and what, and what the Psalter is, is, is somebody has taken the Psalms and kind of, um, it's not word for word, but they've turned it into more like a poetry and, and it feels like kind of like a hymn. Yeah. But, um, and so there's, um, the, my favorite Psalter is the Genevan Psalter uh, that Calvin put together, you know, in, um, in the, after the Reformation. And um, it's just because it's so unique. It's, there's got so many, there's so many different um, poetic um, kind of, um, I'm losing the word here, but it's um, rhyme schemes. And, and, um, and so like a lot of the, a lot of the Psalters kind of fall into very typical common meter or long meter or, but the, the Genevan Psalter, there's like a hundred and, um, I don't know, 130 different kind of uh, poetic Huh. rhyme schemes that they use so it's very interesting the way so it really forces you to um like if you're going to pr- put a melody to that it really kind of pushes you in different ways and so have you put a melody to that one do you have yeah, it yeah i've got i've got do one you? I you wanna, for you she, yeah, yeah i would so love this to is, this is okay. psalm psalm one okay so this is sort of the um the front door into the psalter if you will it's like uh so it's a wisdom psalm um so it kind of feels like You'll you know you'll hear things like almost sound like a proverbs yeah. you know but yeah so this is Psalm one okay. so this, this is the words are from the Genevan Psalter uh, but this is my melody and kind of um, musical treatment of it so that's awesome yeah. the path of sin and spurns the counsel of unrighteous men and will not stand or sit among the scoffers their company to him no pleasure offers but his delight is in God's holy law all day and night he ponders it with awe
Whoever loves God's law with all his heart And will not from the way of truth depart Is like a tree which planted by a river Stays lush and green with leaves that will not wither And which in season yields abundant fruit he will thrive whatever his pursuit Not so the wicked for like chaff are they Your chaff that gusts of winds will blow away when judgment comes, they'll stand condemned and humbled, cast out from where the righteous are assembled. The Lord will guard the pathway of the just. The way of sinners leads to death and dust. The Lord will guard the pathway of the just. Way of sinners leads to death and dust. Wow, praise the Lord. That is so cool. I love that. I love that. I mean, it just it's like it takes you straight to the throne <laughs> and um, worship the Lord and wow thank you for using your gifts and talents and yeah. what where can people find more of this if they're like okay this is really cool we've got uh, yeah. we've got mashups here of famous <laughs> musicians we've got Salters um, yeah. where can people find out a little bit more about you and your music so I do I do have a website um, so if you if you just go to like Wally Brath it's all one word uh, W-A-L-L-Y-B-R-A-T-H dot com so wallybrath.com uh, I've got lots of videos, uh, YouTube videos. Um, also, uh, for musicians, if they want to find scores to some of this stuff, I put uh, the music there. A lot, of, lot of free stuff, you know, there as well. Um, but yeah, you can go there and check it out. And Thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you for how you've brought your skills and talents and um, have used them to bring glory to God and also mm. to raise up a next generation of worship leaders. Um, I thank you that God's brought you here. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Drew. Well, and thank you all for listening today. As you've heard me say on this podcast, our music was written and produced by Dr. Wally Brath, Assistant Professor of Worship Arts at Grace College. And thanks also to our co-producers, Andrew Palladino and Rick Neer. If you could do us a huge favor and rate or comment on this podcast and share it with others, we would be so grateful. Until next time, live your best grace story today.